the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I know what you're trying to say, baby. You're trying to say, oh, yeah, it's business time. Oh, if you're hearing that song, it must mean Dr. Jeff Rosen, Chief Economist of Briefing.com's out there. Mr. Rosen, how are you? Pretty good. How about yourself? I'm good. Something interesting happened yesterday. Apple wasn't doing their announcements. You saw a little up market, a little down market, a market and a plunge. It seems that that plunge is coming from a Fed research paper that was released on Monday. Do you know anything about this? Yeah, I mean, it's what we've seen in the past. You had a paper that looked at, you know, basically the Fed futures market, and you had a uh, comparison of what the market expectations are based on the futures market and what the Fed's been saying in their uh, FOMC projections. And there's been a mismatch where the Fed has been predicting rising rates sooner and faster than what the uh, the market's implying. So it, it kind of spooked the at least the equity market in part because you know here's in black and white that the market's lagging the Fed in terms of uh, you know rate expectations. That is kind of important because it changes the flow of money, the changes of safe money, things along those lines. Do you think this Fed paper has credibility, or is it just one kind of like trial balloon outlier per se? Well, I mean, the Fed's papers got credibility in the fact that, you know, this is what the Fed is saying and this is what the market is saying. You know, those two are, in fact, you know, not synced up. The question is, is what the Fed's saying more accurate in terms of a forecast than what the market is saying? You know, and I would argue that the Fed's forecasts have been uh, much more optimistic than actual uh, economic growth rates. So the market is discounting the Fed's forecast and saying, look, the Fed may be expecting uh, economic conditions to warrant an increase, but that's based on inflated economic projections that we just don't believe. So therefore, we're going to hold back on our forecast of a rate hike until later in the year. So if you believe that's true, then the market is, is correct. You know, we're not going to see rate hike until later than what the Fed is currently projecting. If you believe the Fed's forecasts are going to be accurate, then the market is, you know, behind the curve, so to speak. The ECB's decision to introduce more stimulus. How long will it take the ECB to get to where the United States is, in your guesstimations, as far as ending stimulus and getting trying to get things to normal, even though we're not at normal yet? Well, they're going in the opposite direction, and for good reason. Their economic growth rates are are dismal. Their 
uh, inflation prospects are, are even worse. I mean, deflation in a lot of areas of uh, the eurozone is a very big reality. So I, I don't see them normalizing where they would start to need to increase rates for some time. I think that they're going to need to do some type of uh, bigger quantitative easing uh, type mechanism, and, and I don't know what that will be. You know, the ECB is hampered by the fact that you know each member country has different fiscal and structural problems, and it's very difficult to get every country within the Eurozone on board of doing things that need to be done. I mean, you're not going to see uh, Germany anytime soon running a, tra uh, running a, a trade deficit, which is what needs to happen. You're not going to see uh, structural reforms in the employment sector to increase productivity in France, you know, right away. You know, and but you're going to hear, you know, French politicians saying, you know. Germany needs to go out and spend more. They need to save less and, and increase consumption and in, increase spending. And you know, you're going to hear the Germans say at the same time the French need to, you know, figure out ways of eliminating uh, some of these guarantees and employment contracts to free up uh, potential capital and free up uh, labor productivity. So as long as you have those two sides, and, and this is not just France and Germany we're talking about. This is every country in, in the Eurozone arguing amongst themselves. You know, the bank is going to have a difficult time uh, you know, combating those problems, and they're going to do everything they can by easing, but the easing is probably going to look very much like, uh, like the U.S. You're going to have probably much greater uh, you know, future easing, you know, like a quantitative easing three uh, type mechanism in Europe, and uh, you know, the amount of good that it's going to do is probably going to be limited anyways. You recently pieced a, uh, written a, wrote a piece for briefing.com that I loved. It's short. It's easy to digest. It was tied towards the automobile markets. Basically, I think you were kind of taking a little bit of a shot, not, not negative, just saying that this could be their peak, and that may not be a good thing. Give us a little color on that piece. Well, what we've been noticing over the last several months is that auto manufacturers have increased the amount of incentives uh, that they've applied to transaction costs in order to influence buyers to come out and buy a car. So cars are, you know, priced one way, but those prices are actually, you know, the sticker price is not what you're getting. You're getting, you know, all these massive incentives, which lower profit potential. And if we're only seeing growth in demand because of these incentives, uh, it's not a good thing in the long run. Eventually, incentives have to keep going up and to keep attracting more demand, which could be a problem. Uh, you'll shrink your profit margins and, you know, the car companies can't stay in business that way. Or you're going to start seeing uh, rates rising in the future because of, uh, you know, the Fed ending QE and then the Fed eventually raising rates, which makes affordability conditions even worse in the future. So the incentive model is going to be required to keep demand. and you know, in the long run, these are bad for the motor vehicle industry. And if you cut off the incentives, that could be the end of sales growth. So there's a lot of concern that we may not be getting um, good demand gains, you know, far off in the future. How important is the auto industry to the United States? 
because for a while there it kind of lost a lot of relevance, but it seems to be coming back. Um, lost for relevance because of manufacturing overseas. Are you with me on that? Yeah, I mean, one of the things that you got to remember with the way an economy works is that the service sector is very stable under normal conditions. So you don't see much acceleration in growth from the service sector. So the change in GDP is a lot of that comes from the more volatile industries, which the manufacturing sector is key of. So when you have the auto sector going up and down very violently, it has a more profound effect on quarter-over-quarter GDP growth. So in that respect, the auto industry, even though it's a more minor uh, sector, it has an outweighed response in terms of growth rates. So we take into consideration how the auto sector is doing because it's a decent proxy for how GDP is going to perform. Anything else that you're working on, Dr. Jeff Rosen, that we should be aware of? I mean, the, the biggest thing right now is looking at the relationship between uh, employment and consumption. I mean, we, we had a, a pretty poor employment report last week. We had a, a, a decent gain in wages, but uh, the obviously uh, the lack of new job growth along with the, the wage gain made a relatively minor uh, aggregate income gain. And the question now is, are we going to start seeing consumption accelerate as people use more of their income to, to buy stuff, or is the savings rate going to continue to increase, meaning that employment growth has to accelerate much faster than what we currently are seeing if we're going to have uh, consumption growth in the future. And consumption growth is key to economic prosperity in the U.S., and, and until that starts moving higher, uh, we're going to be in this kind of you know, ugly 2% type growth rates for, for a long period of time. Thanks very much. That's Dr. Jeff Rosen, Chief Economist, Briefing.com. I guess I shouldn't say thank you. We're going to be in ugly growth mode for a prolonged period of time, but I think everyone knows what I'm trying to get at with that. Um, so Dr. Jeff Rosen, Chief Economist, Briefing.com. Briefing provides a lot of independent live market analysis. Um, I have him on every Wednesday, typically in the latter hour, but today we've moved him forward because we're doing uh, that is tied directly towards you and your money uh, in the second hour of the show. Uh, you can find out more about me. I do the show from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. here on KDOW, a.m. 1220, uh, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m., uh, Rob Black and Your Money. And uh, I sit in for CFP Chad Burton during his shows uh, in the latter half of the week from at noon, from 12 to 1, uh, here on a.m. 1220, KDOW. So let's talk about some of the other big stories that are out there, some of the other headlines per se. Um, the market is headline-driven in the short term. I think we all kind of know that. Uh, it's more long-term driven by earnings, which I don't think everyone knows that. Uh, the dollar index continues its recent surge. It's hit a recent 2013 high. This is going to be bad for big American multinational-type companies as it makes their product more expensive overseas. The energy sector has extended some weakness. The president's going to go on television tonight and talk about uh, airstrikes in Syria. That should be good for the defense stocks, particularly companies like Northrop Grumman. There's an ammunitions maker. There's uh, you know defense stocks that are tied towards dividends that should be considered. Uh, but again, don't just do that because the president's giving a speech. Do it because your portfolio needs it. 
I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. We'll take a break here. We'll be right back. You can find me online at robblack.com. Oh, and i got a big event coming up in San Jose at the San Jose Airport Hotel tomorrow. Sign up at robblack.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.